0: Formula One and a six-hour all this week on Inside Motorsport. I hope you'll stay with us. Lachlan Mansell joins us from Wakefield Park. And uh, before we talk about the upcoming six-hour at Wakefield Park, uh, of course, Lachlan, Formula One has been rocked. The passing of Jules Bianchi, who was injured last year in what was a, a crazy accident at the time.
1: Yeah, very, very sad news. Formula 1 community, especially when you think that this is the first death in Formula 1 since Anton Senna back in 1994. So more than two decades since the drivers died as a result of injuries in a crash during a Formula 1 Grand 3 um, And what probably makes the even harder is the fact that that sure, the been in a state of unconsciousness in a coma for around nine months since the crash happened at the Japanese Grand Prix in October last year. And in many ways, sort of similar to Anton Senna's death, when you think back to Senna's crash at Imola, it was a freak accident in that it was a component from the suspension on his Williams that pierced his helmet and gave him the critical head injuries that resulted in his death. And um, with Jules Bianchi's crash, crashing into the recovery crane, that was recovering another stranded car by the side of the circuit. Um, just, you know, the, the odds of that sort of crash happening must have been so minuscule, but unfortunately they did happen. And very tragically, um, a very talented young driver has lost his life as a result.
0: The sport had been seen to have made so many safety improvements.
1: Well, there are some people in the industry who made the comment after Ayrton Senna's death, that it was one of the best things that had happened to Formula 1 because of the vast safety improvements that were made afterwards and the lack of serious injuries or deaths for such a long time following. But what Jules Bianchi's crash shows is that Formula 1 can't afford to rest on its laurels, and there are still improvements that need to be made in the pursuit of a fatality-free Formula 1. And to the credit of... Formula One World Championship organisers, a number of improvements have already been implemented, including the introduction of the virtual safety car, which allows them to bring the whole field under control at a reduced speed instantly.
0: Mm. And of course, this is the this is the uh, factor of the accident which has confounded many because it was during a full course safety car situation that. Uh, Jules Bianchi has come off the road in wet conditions and and ended up into the recovery vehicle. So it, because now we have a mandated limited speed that they can move around the circuit, this chasing and trying to catch back up to the train should not occur.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty much right. I don't think there was actually a safety car when Adrian Sutil crashed in Japan. I think what was happening was they were actually covering that particular corner with the local double-waved yellow flag, which ultimately leads it up to the discretion of the drivers on the circuit as to how much they slow down. Clearly, Gilles Bianchi didn't slow down enough, and in very wet conditions, he went spearing off at the same corner, and uh, the rest is, is unfortunately history. With the virtual safety car, it's a more arbitrary restriction that's placed on the speed that drivers can travel they're actually given a delta lap time that they have to stick to and not exceed so um and the other advantage as well of the virtual safety car is because it's instant you don't have the situation where like you say drivers are still racing at full speed for in many cases the best part of the lap to catch up to the train behind the actual safety car
0: yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting how, when the Formula 1 get back onto the track, because since the last time we spoke, so much has happened, well, so many more Mercedes wins, but it has been an interesting year. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they market now when they go back out on circuit.
1: Yeah, well, the next uh, race meeting for Formula 1 is the Hungarian Grand Prix, which is this weekend. The last round of the championship was a few weeks ago, and that was the British Grand Prix, which was the best race that we've seen so far this season in terms of entertainment value, where we had the two Williams of Felipe Massa and Valtteri Bottas leading at the beginning before they were overtaken by Mercedings and then the shower of rain towards the end, which mixed up the strategies with different drivers coming into the pits at different times to change onto the intermediate tyres, and we had plenty of overtaking and all the drama that we know and love from Formula 1, which was um, quite a significant contrast to the processional nature that we've seen in terms of the other Gronz tree so far this season.
0: So turning our attention from the elite of Formula 1 back to the actual grassroots level of motorsport, the Wakefield 6-hour coming up this weekend as well?
1: Yeah, this Sunday. And uh, this is a bit of a different event because it's not actually a speed-based event as such. It's what we describe as a regularity relay. So... Teams enter uh, with either five or six drivers uh, who all bring their own individual cars as well, and then they take it in turns to do stints in their car out on the racetrack, and each driver has to nominate a lap time and then stick as closely to that time as they can, and there's a lot of strategy in terms of how long you leave each driver out on the circuit for when you do your pit stops to swap drivers, And the winning team is the one with the drivers who are most closely able to stick to their nominated lap times, and there's a couple of mathematical formulas that we use to work it all out. But it really is a great club-level event. It's all about strategy and teamwork, rather than so much necessarily door-to-door racing. And because it's not about outright speed, you don't have to have a full racing licence to be able to compete. In fact, you can actually compete on a Wakefield Park club licence, which um, only costs $50 and lasts for 12 months. So a number of car clubs involved. We've got a couple of BMW club entries. We've got a couple of Subaru WRX clubs running cars as well. And even uh, the Austin 7 club from South Australia making the trek across to compete. So it really is all about the camaraderie and the, the social atmosphere for a lot of these teams.
0: The regularity nature of it, the set time, lap times, it's something that's proved to be extremely popular. In drag racing, the bracket racing, over the course of six hours, how often do you have uh, penalties applied for drivers that have gone too fast?
1: Well, you actually do get penalties applied quite a bit for drivers that have gone either too fast or too slow. Um, And one of the the things is when you've got quite a lot of cars out on the circuit, maybe changing weather conditions, um, pit stops, traffic to manage as well it is quite hard to stick to a lap time um, and one of the things about the event too is that uh, lap timers or timing devices in the car not allowed so it is up to the driver's natural feel and ability to try and stick as closely to their nominating time as they can
0: so Lachlan for the teams how does a driver then ch- work out how quickly he's going around the track is Saturday a day where he can just set himself up and get himself familiar or is it all done on the sunday
1: uh so this year it's a one day event so there'll be a couple of hours of practice on the sunday for the drivers to work out how fast they are and then they nominate their time based on that information
0: you're talking about the driver and their car we've seen Formula E over the course of uh, its first season where a driver had two cars in the course of a race but this is a completely different variable where you might have a 1994 Subaru WRX going out in uh, one part of the race and then uh, the next uh, time that teams out is in a 2015 model WRX.
1: Yeah that's exactly right so during the pit stops not only does the driver change but the car changes as well but each team only gets allocated one timer so during their pit stop, they have to swap the timing transponder from one car to the other one. And again, how quickly the teams are able to execute their pit stops is a big part of the, uh, determining the outcome of the event as well.
0: Lockie, it sounds like it's a lot of fun and I look forward to catching up with you to see how that all pans out.
1: Yeah, it should be a good event. Um, The weather here in Goulburn at this time of the year is notoriously unpredictable in both temperature, actually it's not that unpredictable in temperature, it's just cold, but um, whether it's sunny or raining or even snowing remains to be seen, I suppose.
0: Well, Lachlan, always a pleasure to catch up with you and we look forward to speaking to you again on Inside Motorsports soon.
1: Chief Craig, always a pleasure.
0: That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.